You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramil, the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to follow the show if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. This episode is brought to you by Spotify's Green Room, formerly known as Locker Room. Download the Green Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Same great conversations, just on a new app. Green Room, still changing the way we talk sports. We're working our way through exit interviews from last season, breaking down each player's strengths and weaknesses and looking ahead at what happens with them next season. First two episodes are already out, so definitely check those out if you haven't already. To help me out on today's show is a reporter for the Mercury News, my co-host on Locked On NBA and the host of Locked On Warriors podcast, a cookie dough aficionado and a man not afraid to put all his dominoes in one basket. It's Wes Goldberg. How are you, Wes? <laughs> That's quite the introduction. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Hanging in there. Uh, no, no playoff basketball for you to cover. No, but. no, no. But I've got the NBA draft lottery tonight. So, you know, I've just been, I've been doing nothing but covering draft lotteries. I feel like in my entire career of covering teams, whether it's with Miami or, or Golden State, I just, I, I keep, I'm the Sacramento Kings of, of NBA writers. I just keep ending up in the lottery. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like a, a, for a Heat fan having to really take a deep dive on, on somebody that might be like an eighth pick in the draft or something like that. Really <laughs> exciting stuff. That's right. Uh, well, here we are. We're talking about Tyler Hero today. And I was just commenting to you before we started recording that uh, you actually did the exit interview for Tyler last year, but there was a much more different vibe to everything else. We had just seen some great performances from Hero in the playoffs, uh, obviously Miami on a very deep playoff run, but even during the regular season before the hiatus, there was a lot of hope and optimism about what Tyler could become this year. Not as much. The numbers are actually better almost all across the board. 15.1 points per game, five rebounds, 3.4 assists. So solid overall numbers. He did fluctuate in between the starting lineup and of course coming off the bench, but I just, what's the positive for you from this season from Tyler? Cause I'm, struggling to really find it like maybe he kind of tweaked his game to some degree as far as being able to pick his spots a little bit more effectively but it was a struggle for me to come up with anything that was arguably much more encouraging about this season considering the vibe that we had following last year's playoff run yeah you know the the, the playoff run really kind of put a bad taste in everybody's mouth in, in terms of Tyler Hero because it, it's almost unfair because he was so good yeah in the playoffs last year right and he was just not this year uh but you look at what he did last year i mean 16 points per game helped get a a a surprise miami heat team to the nba finals so sort of the avatar for that team right when you think about oh my gosh i didn't see this coming Mm -hmm. uh because everybody knew jimmy butler was good we mostly knew that bam Adebayo was good just from the regular season how good he was uh even though he was he was even better during the postseason but tyler hero was kind of the guy um but then you know, he goes from averaging 16 points per game in the playoffs last year to 9.3 in the playoffs this year. And it was a much smaller sample, too, right? I mean, this was sure. a, <laughs> a weakened Miami Heat team that kind of limped into the playoffs, going up against a better, healthy, sort of juggernaut Milwaukee Bucks team. He goes from averaging 15.1 points per game during the regular season to, again, 9.3. It was just like, you know, you and I just got done doing Lockdown NBA yesterday, last night talking about like Ben Simmons and you look at like Tyler hero stats from regular season, the playoffs, it kind of looks like what Ben Simmons did from regular season, the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference is of course, that Tyler hero is in his second year in the league. 
and not expected to do all that much. I just think that last year, the expectation after what he was able to do in the playoffs and then everything that came with it, right? Like the celebrity that came with it, the being on the Wheaties box, the getting a Chipotle menu item named after him or whatever it was, like all the commercials. The rap every, song. The rap song, yeah. Uh, shout out to Jack Harlow. I mean, it was like all that stuff. And then you're like, okay, nine points a game? Really? You know? And, and so as far as trying to come up with positives, I did a deep dive into the numbers, David. And there's some things in the regular season that I like. Like he went from shooting... 12%, taking 12% of his shots within three feet of the basket, 16% of his shots within that range. And the percentage went from, so at a higher rate, at a higher volume, his percentage also increased from 58% as a finisher at the basket to 67% as a finisher at the rim. That's, that's really important, I think, because I remember when you and I were talking about Tyler Hero um, coming out of the draft, Sure. We're like, all right, I don't know if this guy can get to the basket. Like, he's right. not a crazy great athlete. Uh, he doesn't have that kind of wiggle to his game that allows him to get to the rim over and over and over again. But he's show he's at, he's at least shown this last year that he could get to the basket at a relatively decent clip uh, and finish at a high rate. That's sixty seven percent at the basket is really really important. So when looking for positives, that's sort of what I landed on. Yeah, I mean that's that's interesting because I, I think a lot of the the perception is that Tyler wasn't really able to finish at the rim, particularly in fast break opportunities. There were moments there where he just seemed like he was out of control. Every time there was a turnover and a fast break and he was leading the way, it almost invariably would wind up leading to a, a turnover or a bad shot or just like maybe even a block attempt. So it was just this perception of Tyler not being able to finish at the rim. So I'm glad you brought up the fact that he's actually improved in that regard. And look, I mean, it's the polish that comes. And I think that's kind of a microcosm of the whole perception of Tyler is that the person the, the, again, the expectations for him following that playoff run were so heightened and, and I'll cop to the fact that I contributed to it. I mean, I talked to everybody did. Yeah. I mean, there, there was a, there was a point where we're like, do we trade Tyler Hero for James Harden? Like yeah. that was a real conversation. And based on what he did, you can't, I mean, he looked like the second coming of Kobe Bryant and that's not even hyperbole. Like it's not what he looked like in the playoffs last year. It was insane. I don't, I, I wouldn't, I don't blame anybody for doing that. Yeah. I mean, I was just re-listening to our, our, you know, one of the episodes where we wound up talking about Tyler because it felt like there were a few and we were just talking about how he was never phased. He always played the game at his pace. He always seemed under control. None of that seemed apparent this year. And yet, I mean, again, by and large, his numbers didn't improve. They were pretty steady. He was, he's, you know, he was in trade rumors a lot. That's a lot of pressure for somebody his age. And I, and I think we also kind of, we've talked about this at times, but the reality is that a lot of people kind of just dismiss the fact that he had the shortest off season in NBA history yeah. that at a, for a 21 year old, this is a crucial moment of their development, you know, timeline. And this, this is where they're supposed to be taking small incremental steps towards becoming the player that they can be. And he was denied that opportunity. We saw him take a leap from the regular season in mid-March and the, when the hiatus started towards when the bubble began in August. And so now we kind of expected a, a similar leap in his development just didn't have that opportunity. So I think you can't overlook the fact that he just was denied that chance to continue to work on his game, to practice regularly. We heard from Spo dozens of times throughout the regular season that they were just denied practice sessions and things of that sort. They started slowly working those into, you know, the, the time, once they started kind of figuring out the schedule and the demands of their time and everything else, they started doing those on, to some occasions, but really it was never quite enough. And especially for a guy like Tyler, you just, you need that kind of 
continued to steady work and things of that sort. He just never had that opportunity. So are we? Well, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up, too, because this remember what we were talking about uh, Tyler Hero doing is becoming the starting point guard for this team. Right after that playoff run, we're like, oh, yeah, now you're going to have Tyler being your starting point guard, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, whoever you have slotting in at power forward, Bam right. is your center. And that's the lineup. And that's what they tried to do at the beginning of the year. And Tyler Hero wasn't very good at it. So whatever time, whatever 20 odd days he had yeah. that was that consisted of his off season. Uh, I don't know what he was working on. I would imagine it was some sort of ball skills and stuff, by the way, his assists went up, his turnovers were basically the same. So there was some work that was done there or, or some sort of improvement, obviously. But then you look at basketball reference. So they do this thing where they break out the position estimates, how long that, yeah. how, you know, how many possessions of a player came at each position. Rookie season for Tyler Hero, 19% at point guard, 75% at shooting guard, 6% at small forward. So three-fourths of his possessions came at shooting guard as a rookie, and that was his position in the playoffs. Well, this year, 28% at point guard, 61% at shooting guard, 12% at small forward. Now, these position estimates are just that, right? They're estimates. They're not sure. like they're not extremely accurate, but I do think that that degree of difference kind of illustrates the point of Tyler Hero had no offseason and then was asked to play basically three different positions in his sophomore season. I mean, that is really really hard. And now people are saying, "Well, he didn't seem to be consistent. He couldn't get his feet under him. Like he just seemed sort of lost out there at times." Of course he did. Of course he did. He had no offseason in order to prepare to basically play a whole new position that he never played before, right? Like, that's not the position he played in college. So I don't blame people, or I don't, I should say, I don't blame Tyler Hero for looking a little lost out there because I think the Heat were a little lost with how to handle him. The experiment didn't work early in the year. They gave it back to Goran Dragic, the starting point guard job. They ended up giving it back to Kendrick Nunn. Gabe Vincent started a handful of games. Yeah. And then eventually they moved Tyler Hero from the, the starting uh, from the starting lineup back to the bench where he was better. And he ended up hitting his stride late in the regular season. I think that's more representative of the Tyler hero that we will see next year, right. With a full off season of work. Well, that, that begs the question. And that leads us into the next segment about what his role is, because I think a lot of listeners are still questioning whether or not he can be a long-term part of this team, whether or not he belongs to the starting lineup. And if not, then what are we doing here? Why is he, as Pat Riley labeled, a core piece of the rotation moving forward? So we'll talk about that in the next segment here on Locked on Heat. Just a reminder that this episode is brought to you by Green Room, now on Spotify. Green Room, formerly known as Locker Room, is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. It's a perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find locked on hosts from across the NBA, Major League Baseball, and NHL. Go download the free app now, currently available on all iOS devices, and be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room, still changing the way we talk sports. Heat are out of the playoffs, but the road to the final still continues, and our coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. 
It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. I'm here with Wes Goldberg, and we're handling Tyler Hero's exit interview. Not as easy as you might think, considering some of the negativity that's being directed at Tyler. Obviously, what many would perceive as a subpar season for him. And now, much like his own season, I think he is the focus of a lot of trade talk. And we cannot overlook the fact that at 21 years old, a lot of that trade talk had to have been getting to him. I, I think there was a noticeable increase in his productivity, overall efficiency once the trade deadline passed. I talked about this with Rowan Nodkerney of Sports Illustrated yesterday when we were talking about Duncan Robinson. And his leap as a shooter took such a huge increase after the trade deadline passed in mid-March. And, and it was quite noticeable. For Tyler, it was something similar where he just took this big leap. All of a sudden, he was no longer being linked to every superstar trade possibility. And he felt more comfortable. Why not? He's a kid. At 21 years old, not much different than what I'm doing right now. Kind of aimless, getting drunk and high all the time. And now, you know, for Tyler, that's a lot of pressure. He's 21 and he's already, you know, he has to have to deal with being moved, being traded, being talked about like he's some kind of commodity that's a lot to deal with and i think it really impacted him i know this is the focus point on his negative of the negative aspects of his game but the reality is that i think he handled the pressure somewhat well and i think he's getting somewhat of a bad break here yeah i mean one thing that we can't deny that tyler hero has is a degree of swagger right i mean he, that's the thing that is so attractive about tyler hero as a basketball player this this stuff just seems to roll right off of him and he seems very self-assured, very confident in his abilities. And that stuff's important, right? And it, it's hard to balance that, to, to kind of strike that balance of, all right, I'm supremely confident in my abilities versus, versus being just naive and, and saying, well, I don't have to work on anything or whatever. Uh, Tyler Hero, I think, is, is a hard worker from everything we hear. I mean, the fact that Jimmy Butler took him under his wing so early on just shows mm -hmm. that, you know, this guy is a guy that puts the work in. And because he puts that work in is why he is so confident. There should also be an understanding. Like you said, he's 21 years old. He's only been like allowed to drink for 153 days legally. Uh, it's, it, you know, like, I, I don't know that. Look, I understand why Pat Riley says he's a core part of the team. And I do think that the heat should operate that way. Right. I mean, as much as every heat fan wants to trade for the next big name. And I want to ask you about Ben Simmons, by the way, but mm -hmm. Um, as much as every Heat fan wants to trade for a big name, and I get it, and I think that's probably the ultimate route to how the Heat get to where it is that they want to go, but they can't bank on that either, right? As much as Pat Riley wants to try to get that next big fish, this is the team you have. And unless another superstar shakes loose and decides, I want to play in Miami, which right. is very possible, I'm just, but not for sure, uh, Tyler Hero's your guy. And, and you got, and you got to work with him. And so, yeah, I do think hero is part of the future and as up and down as his second year was, I don't really see any reason why to think otherwise at this point, he's, does anybody think less of his skills? Does anybody think yes. like, I mean, everybody thinks less of his skills. And that's, I think that's the perception here. Again, I, I know perhaps, you know, look, listeners, have heard us talking about this team for years. And I think we've often brought a very unbiased, balanced perspective, much to our detriment sometimes. More people would like us to be much more hot takey and much more woe is me about a team that struggles. But we went through 41 and 41. We went through 11 and 30 specifically. And I think once you get to that point, everything else is pretty much gravy. But you look at Tyler, the fact that 
maybe he wasn't handling the pressure particularly well off the court and on the court he just it didn't translate into this 20 point per game score that you can rely on consistently and there were moments there where he's outclassed physically because of his limited athleticism things that sort so all the things that we've been talking about when it comes to tyler for two seasons now but just somewhat magnified especially when you look at it through the lens of well it's tyler versus james harden which is how a lot of those trade discussions were broken down. Oh, my, Miami and Pat Riley refused to include a 185-pound soaking wet teenager for the best scorer in, in you know in NBA history, practically, or one of the best scorers in NBA history. And even later on in the season, when it was the holdup for the the the, the Kyle Lowry trade, right. <laughs> it would seem like Hero was the obstacle to that. When in fact, you know, Masai Uhiri was asking for a, a treasure trove of picks and players in order to even acquire a, a player with a couple months left on his contract. So. It's just funny how it's already turned against Tyler. And, and again, to use what we were talking about last year following the playoffs, we were also excited about the promise of future here. And now it's kind of turned back on him, which isn't to say that he didn't, you know, didn't struggle in some regards. I think the physicality is still an issue. We have to look at that. There were turnover issues. There are moments there where he's a little too careless with the ball and not quite sure what to do. I think he, I think he understood that role a little bit better as the season progressed earlier on when he was in that starting lineup, not quite sure how to balance it. I noticed in particular uh, that there were moments there where he wasn't sure how to play alongside Duncan Robinson. And obviously at that point in the season, Duncan was such a pivotal part of their offense and getting everything going. And for Tyler and that starting lineup, not being able to play with a guy like Duncan comfortably where he wasn't, he was looking off of Duncan a lot more than he probably should have considering Duncan is one of the best three point threats in the NBA. And so I think there are concerns there about for Tyler, how to be a playmaker, not just a guy that can make the pass because we know he has that in his bag, but when to make the right play. And I think that's why you, you make that shift to Goran as a starter or even Kendrick because a, an evolved version of Kendrick Kendrick was much more balanced and aware of when to make the right play. Now that well, was also quite... both, both Dragic and, and, and Kendrick Nunn are much more athletic than Tyler hero. And isn't that Tyler... a sad thing that Goran, like 35 year old Goran Dragic more athletic than Tyler hero. I mean, I guess, but he's always been one of the best drivers in the league. Right. Sure. Like, but with, with, with Tyler, you know, that playmaking is going to come with a lot more time because it's not going to be predicated on his athleticism. It's going to be predicated on what you were just talking about, that anticipation, right? He's only been in the league for two years. That's He can't anticipate anything right now, right? He's, he's not even sure what's what's coming, you know, on every play. He's, he's too young. Yeah. What, what Tyler Hero to me is right now, he's a two guard, a guy that can attack off of um, an already uh, cycling defense, a guy who who can attack a bent defense and cut and do those things. But I don't know that you want him going one-on-one and that's fine, right? Like that's how he's going to evolve. I think this idea that he could be a playmaker, look, look, the only other way for him to be a a great playmaker right away is if he can create like an an insane amount of space with his three point shot, he's a 37 and a half percent three point shooter. I know his percentage went down in the regular season from 39% to 36%, but that's still like a relatively small sample. We're talking about the difference of like less than 15 made three pointers. So he's basically the same from three point range. Um, He's a good three point shooter, but he's not elite. If he gets like Duncan Robinson elite with his already with his level of playmaking, the way it is and his passing ability where it's at now, I think he could be a very good playmaker, but until that comes around or that anticipation comes around, he's probably a secondary ball handler at best. 
And that's fine because what he gives, what the, the thing that makes Tyler Hero special is his scoring ability. Anything that he does from a passing standpoint is just ice, uh, 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 icing on the cake. Yeah. So at this point, I think that they should just settle on Tyler Hero being an off guard. And that's good. You need him in that role, by the way, because if Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are, are, are your you know, main playmakers and running your offense, you don't want that many people that have to run your offense. One other thing I wanted to mention. So they didn't include him in James Harden talks or whatever. We don't really know what went down. I mean, the Rockets uh, reportedly turned down Ben Simmons because they preferred having, you know, Karis Levert and a bunch of nothingness from Brooklyn uh, over, you know, a Ben Simmons type guy. So we don't even know what Houston wanted and what Miami necessarily put on the table. Right. But the fact that they didn't offer him for Kyle Lowry was 100% the correct call. And I, it blows my mind that any Heat fan was like, trade Tyler Hero for Kyle Lowry. It'd be one thing if Kyle Lowry was even 32 with a couple of years left on his contract, but he's 36 years old with only a few more months on his deal. I mean, that was just, that would be insane. Like nobody would, nobody you outside are the of Miami. Only person, you are the only person I've heard make that point. Nobody outside of Miami thought they should do that. It was only Heat fans that thought they should do that. That would have been one of the dumbest deals that Pat Riley could have pulled off. It would, why would you mortgage your future for Kyle Lowry? I think Kyle Lowry is a good player. You do not trade a guy like Tyler Hero based on a small sample of, hey, we're playing this guy out of position, and it turns out he's not playing that well for a 36-year-old point guard in the final months of his contract. You just don't do it. Even if you think you can resign Kyle Lowry, it's so far from a guarantee because he's an unrestricted free agent. It's just insane. Nobody outside of Miami thought they should do that, and they were absolutely right not to do it. And by the way, not just trade Tyler Hero. Don't include Duncan Robinson. Nothing. Don't trade anything. What you what you ended up trading for Victor Oladipo would have been the package you should have traded for Kyle Lowry if indeed that was possible, and it wasn't, and you ended up getting Oladipo, and that was the right trade. It just didn't work out because Oladipo got hurt and then got surgery or whatever. The point I wanted to make is that Tyler Hero's value – I think everybody now in retrospect would say you trade Tyler Hero for James Harden. And that's absolutely right. Like that was as much as I say that I don't blame anybody for thinking that you shouldn't. It turns out, yeah, you probably should trade Tyler Hero for James Harden. His value in the league, I think is somewhere as a trade chip is somewhere between Kyle Lowry and James Harden. That's his value. And I don't know exactly where it is, but it's somewhere between those two players. Well, we're looking at the Atlanta Hawks making a surprising run, and I know this is a little bit too uh, reductive to compare one white shooter to another, and there's much more to both their games than just shooting. But would you rather have a guy like Kevin Herter on your roster than Tyler Hero? And I think it's a fair question. And maybe, again, because they're both white, it's an easy comparison. But I think you look at what Tyler was doing last year in the playoffs, and you look at what Herter was able to contribute towards the Hawks in, in order to eliminate the Sixers, and I think there are some – you know, some Heat fans wondering why didn't they get a guy like Herder instead of a guy like Hero? I, I don't know. Where do you feel? Uh, what, what do you where do you stand on that line? That's like moving deck chairs. I, I don't think that the Hawks would trade Herder for Hero, and I don't think the Heat would trade Hero for Herder. It just seems like a why do that? Then you have to bring in this player, and he has to learn your system and all that stuff. And you're just trying to you're taking like a couple of steps back to maybe take a step forward, but kind of just stay in the same place. Like, are the Hawks better? Or I mean, so are the Heat better with with Herder? Are are the Heat beating Milwaukee because they have Herder instead of Hero? Just because Herder is having the playoffs that Hero had last year, I, that that to me wouldn't like that's just moving around deck chairs. That's not doing anything for either team. No, yeah, I, I look, I understand that perspective. I and I agree with you, but it's just, I just I'm looking at Tyler, and I think the bigger 
question for him, everybody really and for him to answer and i'm not sure we're going to get a clear answer next season because there's a very realistic chance that he may not even be on the roster is what do you do with tyler hero can he be a regular contributor as a starter is he a guy that you're kind of building up towards being a, a six-man type player and even that given his limited physicality is he somebody who can dominate in that role i mean we hear the, the talk about starring in your role a lot coming from miami and around the league in general but for a guy like tyler he said it before he has to embrace being a, a guy who comes off the bench and you still wonder even against like the bucks where he's winds up being taken out of the game completely what What's the goal? What's the what's the upside for Tyler? Is there room for him to grow? And again, I, I know it might be just playing devil's advocate here that at 21, we're already dismissing a potentially bright future, but I'm just not sure what Tyler is going to be able to give you moving forward. What's next for him? Can he put on 20 pounds of bulk so that he can absorb the contact and get to the line? And, and I, I keep feeling like I've been making this point throughout every one of these exit interviews, but the fact that Tyler and Duncan can't get to the line, that they just don't seem to embrace taking that contact and that in Tyler's case specifically shies away from it. I think that's a big concern because if you're looking for him to be your score, your go-to guy who can get you that bucket and he can't because he's putting up a wild shot and shying away from that contact, I'm not sure what you're going to get out of him moving forward. And maybe again, this is me being devil's advocate here and kind of dismissing what he's been able to bring to the table, but I have legitimate questions about his growth moving forward. And I'm not sure that we have answers. It's a fair question, right? I, the concerns that I, so first of all, I think Tyler's upside is still really, really high. I think there's a lot of room for growth there where like he has still got one of those abilities that are so hard to come by and that teams need. And that's just shot making. I mean, his feel, yes. his feel and his footwork and all of that stuff, is, is, they're at such a high level that I think we take that for granted. And when we talk about potential and, and I'm dealing with this right now in regards to the draft and, and, and on my show, Locked on Warriors and, and, you know, people wondering who should the Warriors draft. And I, I remember making this point last year in regards to Tyrese Halliburton. I'm like, yeah, he's not the biggest guy. He's not the greatest athlete, but his feel is such that I know he's going to be good in the NBA and that there's such a, and, and there's a really high upside that comes along with that. And Ty, Tyrese Halliburton slid down the draft boards because he's not a freak athlete. Like some of the people that were picked ahead of him. And look, he ended up finishing third in rookie of the year. Right. Uh, I, I think Tyler Hero is very similar in that, you know, don't get blinded by the lack of size, the lack of athleticism. What he has, you can't teach, right? Uh, and and no, you just like you can't teach vertical and you can't teach speed or length or whatever. Um, I think with Hero, the we're, we're you know we're a year removed from comparing him to Devin Booker and actually wondering if he could be better than Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker proved this year that he's one of the elite players in this in the league and to try to get better than him is just is far-fetched at this point but I think the the fit and the style and how you build a team around Devin Booker is very similar to how you build around Tyler Hero in that he's probably your off-guard at best little limited if he's your primary playmaker but there's potential to do that and, I, and Hero will get better just as Devin Booker did throughout his career but like Booker Tyler Hero is not a great athlete and there's a ceiling to what he could do defensively and that's why I thought the Kyle Lowry pairing would have been so special and why the old depot thing made sense too is that if you put him next to another guy in that backcourt who can guard his position or multiple positions then you start to cover up for tyler hero you can't play tyler hero and duncan robinson at the same time right now you just can't one of those guys needs to get better defensively and i would probably lean toward duncan robinson getting better just because yes. of the size 
Yes. Uh, and if he can get better, then that unlocks a lot of things. But right now, I think he's actually worse than Tyler Hero on defense, which is, is, is saying a lot. Um, one of those you're, guys. You're saying Duncan is worse than Tyler defensively? He's a lot more. He's a lot uh, slower footed than Tyler Hero is. He has a really hard time staying mm-hmm. in front of guys right now. Yeah, but, I think but Tyler, Tyler just feels on the perimeter. like. Yeah, t- Tyler just feels like he's almost always, almost always out of position and just gets blown by because he's he's either gambling or he's just out of position. He yeah. kind of gets lost on screens. Kind of the point is they're both they're, they're both bad, right? Okay, like they're both bad enough. on defense, and uh, one of them has to take a really big leap on that end if you're going to play them both together. But if not, then you have to decide if you're Expolstra, who do I start, Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero? He obviously made that decision and went with Duncan Robinson. I think that's the right decision because you want Tyler Hero's playmaking and shot-making coming off the bench. Uh, but they need that other guy in that starting lineup. They need that Kyle Lowry type of presence in the backcourt along with Tyler Hero, if, if Hero is going to be the starter. And then once you make Hero a starter in that kind of lineup, then I think you could start to tap into that potential, because I really do think that his shot-making gives him a lot of upside that has yet to be tapped into. I still think he could be one of the best scorers in the league. I really do. Uh it's just it's it's going to take the right circumstance. Well, we'll talk about uh, the future for Tyler, whether or not he remains a part of the Heat in the next segment. I'm here with Wes Goldberg, and you're listening to Lockdown Heat. Tyler's offseason may be in doubt, but one thing isn't. That's the great taste of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Nine delicious flavors and some seasonal ones that they occasionally add there. And you can build your own mixed box where you'll get a couple of each of the different flavors. A great way to get exactly what you want and maybe even add a couple so you can give away to friends, family, coworkers, anything you want to. They're soft, 100% covered in chocolate. They're easy to chew. They're all delicious. An incredible bargain. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15, You'll get 15% off your first order. So use a promo code LOCK15 for 15% off, but only if you go to BuiltBar.com. And when you're done saving a little money, you can make a little bit more by going to bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at bet online, but there's tons of sports action with the new WNBA season, the NBA playoffs, of course, the NHL, and so much more. Head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news and so much more. Don't sit on the sidelines. This is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the finals. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. Get all the sports news you need in under twenty minutes with a Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. I'm here with Wes Goldberg. We're talking about Tyler Hero conducting his exit interview a little bit later on in the segment. I'll have Wes uh, defend Tyler's season as we provide a self-evaluation there and then talk a little bit more about his future because I think that's a big concern now. Just last year, I think we were debating whether or not Tyler um, would be a good trade asset for a player like Bradley Beal, whether or not it made a lot of sense to trade for a guy like Bradley, considering he's a great scorer and everything else. And then, of course, you know, Beal follows it up with the most prolific scoring season he's ever had while Tyler continues to struggle a little bit. But I think there were legitimate issues about whether or not Tyler had enough upside as a scorer where he could balance out uh, as a playmaker and you know, subpar defender where he wasn't 
that much of a, a downgrade over a player like Bradley Beal. And I think now Heat fans are kind of still in that same boat. And I think they have questions about whether or not Tyler is your guy. Now, on, on my most recent exit interview about Duncan Robinson, we both came to the conclusion that Duncan was likely gone. He's going to chase the bag somewhere else. I just don't think Miami can afford to pay Robinson what he's likely to command in that market. That will be Boston's problem or some other team's problem that throws that bag at him. And it looked good for, for good, good for Duncan to get paid whatever he gets paid, but it just unfortunately will not be for Miami. And so from Miami's perspective, would you rather have, you know, Duncan Robinson on the lineup in your rotation and, you know, some other minor addition at point guard or keep the, the same rotation that you have now with Goran Dragic and Kendrick Nunn or something else? Or would you rather move on from Duncan and then have Kyle Lowry and say J.J. Redick to help to kind of complement what Tyler here can bring to the table? I, I don't think that the, he should get rid of Duncan Robinson. It's not they're not going to have any choice. He's going to get paid. Can't they get paid by them? Yes, but I don't think you're going to commit $20 million a year to Duncan Robinson. You don't? I don't. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, you could you could always trade him after that. I mean, I think Duncan Rob. you think he's going to get $20 million as a restricted free agent? Yeah. Oh, all right. No, I think that if you can add Lowry and Redick and Duncan Robinson walks away, then you do it, right? Is that the question? It's, it's, yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of fair, right? Like you're looking at, well, at least I'm trying to think of, how to maximize Tyler's role on this team. And you're talking about the fact that he can't play alongside Duncan. So you're going to have to make a commitment to one or the other. And I think that choice is going to be made for the heat. If Duncan winds up having to leave elsewhere, but you're trying to find the right balance of players that can get the most out of what Tyler can provide. And I think it's, you know, you pointed out Lowry before maybe getting another complimentary elite level shooter, because Tyler is not at that point, a guy like Reddick. Is that an improvement rather than just keeping oh. the same rotation with Duncan and Tyler? I mean, it's obviously an improvement, right? Like you could play Redick off the bench and then you have Lowry, Hero, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and then get some sort of forward in there who can guard sure. his position. Um, and that's definitely improvement. I think you're, you're losing a little bit of upside there. I think Duncan Robinson at this stage is a much better shooter than J.J. Redick is, at least because of what he could do on the move, even though J.J. Redick is still a really good shooter. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I still think if there's a way where you could keep Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and add a Kyle Lowry, then, you, the, I, then it's worth paying whatever more you would have to pay versus just bringing in J.J. Redick to, play, to replace Duncan Robinson just because of what Duncan Robinson's trade value would be. Right, because my my concern with walking away from Duncan Robinson just because of a price tag or or trying to replace him with Redick would be that okay, you can't really trade Redick. I mean, maybe you can move him at the deadline but for like a second move, round pick. Can you but, trade Joe Harris? Yeah, you can trade Joe Harris. 100%. You can at his contract. You think Joe Harris is a trade asset for the right team with his three point shooting? I think absolutely. Yeah, hmm. I, I there's so many teams out there that want three point shooting that at the deadline, you can move. Joe Harris. I think people, I think people like, I think Duncan Robinson's value is higher than Joe Harris's is at this point. Cause Joe Harris is like kind of old weirdly. Right. Like, isn't Joe Harris like almost 30. So is, so is Duncan. Duncan is 27 and a half years old. That's true. I mean, he, he's only been in the league three seasons. And so it's easy to kind of overlook that, but I, yeah, I Joe think, Harris is 29. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. As a, as a Maybe trade right. asset, I mean, I, pretty similar. Yeah, you might be right. I, I don't know. I just 
he definitely has more value than JJ Redick. And I guess that's sort of the map that you have to play. If there's a way where you can add, look, if it's between Lowry, Hero, and Duncan Robinson versus Lowry, Hero, and JJ Redick, I think you obviously go with Robinson. Sure. It's just the price. Well, Mickey Harrison and ownership be willing right. to foot that bill depending on what it is and if it's what we think it is, right? Because if it's, if it's basically fit the difference of $15 million, if, if, if Duncan Robinson gets $20 million and J.J. Redick signs at the mid-level exception, I still think that the difference would be worth Duncan Robinson's upside and, and whatever trade value that he may have. All right, let's move on here. Uh, this is an annual employee evaluation after all, so I thought we'd give you the opportunity to defend Tyler Hero's season and to make a strong case for him. You'll be self-evaluating yourself as Tyler. I will represent the front office, of course, and give you a few categories through which you can rate your season on a scale of one through five, obviously one being poor, five being excellent. So, Tyler, are you ready to tell me what you think of uh your season and, and what do you think you can be moving forward? Uh, yeah, man. All right. <laughs> general quality of work. How would you rate the general quality of your work over the past season on a scale of one through five? Can I just tell a quick story and break character for a minute here, but absolutely. I'm reminded of the worst, uh, annual evaluation, evaluation that I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, is when I was working, uh, in my, my previous life as a, uh, uh, wine sales rep yep and i remember uh my manager flew up from la to meet me and said um i just don't really know what you've done this last year (laughs) (laughs) and i couldn't i had no answer for him because in truth i didn't really do anything for an entire year and i had no answer for him so that was i'm hoping that tyler hero approaches this better than i did a few years ago is all i'm saying well Um, (laughs) i mean no these are that that must have been pretty rough i can imagine you sweating it through there a little bit there once he what he what's he gets once he says i don't know what you've done we've been we've been paying you and i have no idea why yeah they're paying me good money too and that's tough to bounce back from yeah i didn't do anything and i never but in my defense i never planned to, to do anything either I didn't tell them that when they interviewed me to hire me, but you know, it was never the, the plan was to never really be good at that job. I remember, uh, I remember you going on a, a bourbon tasting tour in Kentucky. I mean, you, you, yeah, that was the job before that. I did a good job there. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was fun. Okay. I think I'm gonna do that again this summer, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, Tyler hero, defend my, quality of work your general quality of work tyler what would you say i look i we didn't even mention the off the court stuff but we'll get into that a little bit later well look i was on a wheaties box i got a chipotle thing named after me i think the work speaks for itself (laughs) well that's not how this works we kind of need you to rate a little bit there one through five what do you think five based on the wheaties box and the chipotle meal Wow. Okay. I think so next year, next year, I really want to get a happy meal named after me and really go the Travis Scott and Jay Balvin route. Uh, and I have a partnership with McDonald's and I'd say like that, those are my goals for next year, which I assumed you were going to ask me, but I'm just getting ahead. Of it. Uh, well, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I, I don't agree with the general quality of work and the fact that your, your focus is so scattered off the court as opposed to on the court. And I think these are our big concerns here. You know, look, I, I hate bringing up the, the personal life issues here, but you're 21, you're, you're soon to be a father. 
you, you are somewhat interested in the off the court pursuits, the Chipotle bowl, if you will, and everything else. And we need you to be more focused. You know how we are as an organization. We want you to be a hundred percent committed to winning, to playing winning basketball. And I'm just not sure we see it. Oh, so I didn't, I didn't realize you were talking about basketball. That's my <laughs> bad. That's my bad. No, I think, look, I'm confident. I, I put the work in. I'm confident in the work that I put in. Uh, you know, I'm a shooter. I've always been a shooter, but I'm a scorer too. And I can do a lot of different things. And, and I think I showed that this year, you know, I played a lot of different positions, play a lot of different roles. I think I learned a lot this year. Didn't go the way that we wanted it to, but we're going to get back and I'm going to get back and be better next season. All right. Well, I still give you a three. Uh, dependability. How, how can we depend on you in the future? Again, if you're, if you're scattered off the court, if you're looking at other things and you're worried about trade, you know, you didn't handle yourself as a professional. Do you think you're a dependable player that we can continue to rely on moving forward? Yeah, despite what Ethan Skolnick and Ira Winderman say about me, I think I'm definitely a dependable player. Uh, you know, I, I do the work. You know, I'm in here every day, first one in, last one out. Um, always dependable to be there, first one in, last one out of the gym. And, uh, you know, I'm a shooter, I'm confident. And, uh, you know, I'm always going to put the work in and everything that happens off the court, that's just, you know, that's the way it is now. I'm 21 years old. I, I'm a brand. I want to, I want to take care of myself and my soon to be family and, and, you know, getting a Chipotle bowl named after me is one way of doing that. You know, I'm, I'm a brand. I want to be a mogul, you know, this is, it's, it's bigger than basketball sometimes, but that said, wow. you know, I'm committed to the game, I'm committed to the game. And, uh, I just want to put myself and my soon to be family in position where, you know, I'm going to be able to to be the best Tyler hero that I can be. You, you are embracing this role as Tyler a little bit too easily. Like, I mean, obviously you've been interviewing players for a while now, but man, those are just the right answers of not saying anything while saying lots of things <laughs> at the same time. You, you, you got it down pat. Yeah. I, look, I, I got no choice. I'm giving you a five on that one just because of the quality of answer. Well, this one kind of segues perfectly. Communication skills and overall personality. How do you fit in to heat culture? Are you emblematic of it? Are you symbolic of heat culture? Do you represent us well on and off the court? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of media noise out there that, that <laughs> says things about me. But, uh, you know, I've always put the work in and I've always put the heat in my teammates first. Um, you know, I, I communicate with everybody on the floor, whether it be Jimmy Butler, Bam. Derek Jones Jr. Oh, he's not on the team anymore. Uh, with the other guys, um, <laughs> it's uh, no, no, no. I, you know, I'm joking. I, you know, I kid around, but uh, I, I got such. That's just like a representative of the great relationship that I have with the guys in that locker room. Wow. So I'm hearing another five coming from you. I shouldn't expect no less, obviously, from a player with your attitude. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and notch you one on that one because I think you're now you're starting to lean into it a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm giving you a four. Management ability. Can, this is kind of speaks to your role, as we were talking about before. Uh, are you a guy who can take over a game and carry your teammates to a win? Obviously, we saw that from you more often during your rookie season. Did not see it as often in your sophomore slump. Uh, what's next for you? Are you going to be the, the go-to guy on this roster? I'm going to be honest, man. Um, I think I have that ability, but I don't think I, I, I played it. Uh, I don't think I played up to my abilities this last year. I want to be the guy that takes over a game. And I think I can do it. And I just need to get back into the gym, continue to work, continue to put the work in. Uh, I, I, I want to work on uh, my, my three-point shot. If I could space the floor a little bit more, create a little bit more room for myself uh, in that, in that mid-post area and, and kind of get into my bag, add a few moves this offseason, 
because we didn't have a long off season last year. I, re- I want to really get into the gym and put the work in and, and just add to my repertoire this summer, uh, come off screens a little bit better, work with BAM when we can to work on that kind of thing. And uh, I think that's going to help me elevate my game to where I want it to be. All right. Lastly, then your achievement of your goals. Did you achieve the goals that you set for yourself this past season? No, I really wanted to get on that happy meal. (laughs) Well, I I wish I could give you a zero for that category. Everybody else has nailed it. You know, we didn't win the title, so I I failed in my goals. But you all you wanted was personal pursuits. No, no, that goes without saying, though. No, it kind of does it. We kind of need to hear you say it. All right. This is, this is, you're kind of bombing this exit interview there, Tyler, which kind of leads us to our last question. Where do you see yourself in one year? I know typically everybody asks, where do you see yourself in five years? But what's the point? The average NBA career is shorter than that. So where do you see yourself next season? Are you a member of the Miami Heat? And what can you do to make the most of your role here during that next season? Or do you see yourself thriving elsewhere? Well, you're asking me this in June. And June next year, if we get the season back on a regular schedule, that'll be the NBA finals time where I see myself a year from now with the Miami heat in the NBA finals playing a meaningful role. And on a happy meal box. Yeah, of course. Because that's saying. <laughs> all right. That's Wes Goldberg. Make sure to follow him and all of his great work. Of course, he's be, he'll be covering the NBA draft lottery better than anybody else. So make sure you stay tuned for all that coverage. You can always listen to us on every Tuesday over at Locked on NBA. Make sure you follow that show, subscribe, leave fantastic reviews about Wes and I. Uh, And just a reminder, you can always reach me via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Be sure to follow this show as well and leave a review on Locked on Warriors and Locked on Heat. Special thanks to all of our sponsors for supporting today's show. And thanks to all of you. This is David Ramil signing off for now. 